You take an ancient dinosaur god and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Welcome to Podzilla, king of the casters. I'm your host, NB Knight and Snail, and this is my co-host, Brandon Blowfish. <laughs> we are talking, well, we're talking about uh, the second film in the Godzilla Netflix anime trilogy, Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. But first, we're talking about something else. Jas- our producer Jasper, who's a dogfish, is also with us. <laughs> you may be asking why I'm doing this bit. Why am I making all these sea puns? And that's because of my favorite DreamWorks movie. Tell him, Jasper. Tell him. Stop him. Earlier, after watching the movie, Brandon and I were just idly, while eating lunch, talking about DreamWorks. And I said, my favorite DreamWorks movie is going to shock you. And Brandon guessed a bit. And he couldn't come up with the answer. And then, as it, the possibilities got worse and worse, he decided we should save it for the podcast. <laughs> Brandon, do you know what my favorite DreamWorks movie is? It's fucking Shark Tale. It is Shark Tale! Shark Tale is amazing! Shark Tale has a murderer's row of talent behind it. Will Smith... Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Jack Black, Renee Zellweger, Angelina Jolie, Peter fucking Falk, Columbo himself. <laughs> I Shark Tale is hilarious. It is the proto Bojack Simpson by creating a Bojack an anthrop- Simpson. Bojack. <laughs> Bojack Horseman. I don't know what the Simpsons were on, but I don't think that's happened yet. Bojack Horseman. There are multiple Shrimpson jokes in the film. So, including mostly uh, when they're going... Isn't there an O.J. Shrimpson? Yeah, O.J. Shrimpson says I wasn't even there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the corner of Oscar the Shark Slayers... Uh, like his magazine cover that's one of the other stories there's a, a jessica shrimpson uh joke along with muscle crow uh katie current a lot of animal based puns and how would a integrated anthropomorphized fish society work why is there sushi nolan well you see <laughs> why that is, is there the sushi in this move in the movie the joke is that that's fucked up though the joke is that that's fucked up in the same way that Bojack Simpson has an entire... Bojack Horseman! <laughs> Who is Bojack Simpson? When does he show up? Dojack Simpson? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Bojack Horseman has an entire episode about the fact that they are in an anthropomorphized animal society, but people still eat animals. Yeah. That is... Bojack could never distill <laughs> that entire episode into one shot, one brief shot, just a cutaway to a silent sushi shop and an angry sushi seller, and then cut away 
It is economic storytelling. <laughs> I can't let this go unchallenged. <laughs> I just, I can't let this happen. I can't, I can't have our listeners listening in to this. To this you know what else? It's a proto and... Dear Evan Hansen as well. <laughs> You're just making things up now. Oscar the Shark Slayer rises to prominence based on a lie, <laughs> okay. and his work and his fame comes toppling down when he feels morally like he has to admit to those close to him mm-hmm. that he's been lying. And that he is not, in fact, a shark slayer. <laughs> That's like a common liar revealed thing, though. Or yeah, like, and Dear Evan Hansen is a common liar revealed story. No, I know, but, like, it's not a proto-Dear Evan Hansen story. I mean, like, if Oscar had, like, you know, accidentally killed the shark and then, like, oh, we were best buddies, you know, I'm a shark dude and stuff. <laughs> like, you got something? And, you know, if... Will Smith fish looked horrifically aged. Oscar the Shark Slayer, say his name. <laughs> I will not put credence to Oscar. He's Will Smith fish, and you goddamn know it. Listen, I'm just gonna say before we continue on to this talking about the mo- uh, city on the edge of battle, I need to say that no one is saying that Shark Tale is better than Shrek Two. It is. You're just wrong. I'm right. <laughs> You're just wrong. Listen, like, name no, Shark Tale could never. Shark Tale could never, Nolan. Shark Tale could, and it did. Shark Tale could never encapsulate I Need a Hero scene. It could never match that. No, because you know what they did instead? They took a classic Motown song about working at the car wash. And yep. they made it into what looks like the most fun fictional job <laughs> in the entire world, working at the whale wash. Uh. <laughs> you know, most people say, like, something real basic, like, if they could have any job from fiction, they'd want to be a Jedi, mm. or they'd want to be a man in black, or some other X-Files bullshit, probably. But me, I'm working at the whale wash. <laughs> Owen, Owen's got a got the swim trunks on. He got his swim trunks on, and he is scrubbing down. You might never get rich. <laughs> oh, 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 at the whale wash, yeah. They had to get the original artist to re-record that song, saying whale wash instead of car wash. It's no accidental love. You're right, because it's better than that. It's no, because it's less. It is lesser. It is a lesser film. I I am saying that Shrek 2... Listen. Like, Prince... Okay, if you want to be, like, snobby... Shrek 2 wasn't even able to tell a complete story. That's why they had to have two sequels. No. Spin-off Shrek 2... Shark Tale was so good. <laughs> so universal in its storytelling. They never felt the need to go back to the well. They didn't want to go back to the well. Because the well was poisoned and full of gross CG no, fish No, it's people. not like... Look no, at Will Smith fishes in his dead, cold, early 2000 CG Making eyes. a sequel to Shark Tale would be like making the Bible 2. <laughs> it now can't just, be done. Now you're just fucking with me. <laughs> like, but like, Listen, I, I, I have okay. read at least the first two books of the Bible 
and then some of Leviticus. I have watched Shark Tale. One of those was far more enjoyable than the other, and I got a lot more culturally from it. <laughs> yeah, culturally of early 2000s stuff. It's, it's a time capsule, I'll say that. But, like, the CG does not hold up, though. Like, he's gross Will Smith fish with, like, uh, it's like, was it Jennifer Lopez fish? Angelina Jolie fish. Angelina Jolie fish. It's like, they're gross. They, they, they scare me. They got dead eyes. It's a mob movie underwater, <laughs> sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> you know, that's how they came up with it. They were in a meeting and they were like, ha got him. But like, all right, I don't, if you had to go objectively, I'm pr- like, Prince of Egypt is probably... Oh, objectively, I'm full of shit right now. But subjectively, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Shark Tale, baby. Like, I'm saying, like, you know, on an objective level, you know, Prince of Egypt is probably the best one. Like On an objective level, it's probably How to Train Your Dragon 2. That one is a great movie, too, but, like, the relationship between Moses and, like, the Pharaoh brother in that is just beautiful. Like, that, like shocking movie experience if you haven't seen prince of egypt watch it and i guess from nola if you want to watch shark tale too shark tale shark tale Tale. it's like i meant two as in like as well like double feature prince of egypt shark tale very important that they never felt the need to make a sequel to shark tale because the story was too perfect to alter speaking of a story that the first part was not so great and we're now onto the second part Godzilla, City on the Edge of Battle. City on the Edge of Battle, which is the sequel, the second one in the Netflix anime trilogy, which are make up 75% of the Rewa era ter- currently of Godzilla films. We have currently watched 50% of the Rewa era, which mm-hmm. puts it just behind the Showa era in amount of eras we've watched. Granted, we only need two movies to do that. <laughs> It's quick. It's a pretty but, fast turnaround. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So let's go into City on the Edge of Battle. City on the Edge of Battle. So I'll say. Let's. Yeah. Our initial. Our thoughts. initial thoughts because what's important to no audience is you know so, Puzzle King Casters review all Godzilla stuff, all Godzilla movies, and other kaiju related stuff. We covered episode. We we covered uh, Planet of the Monsters, the first one, in episode at least ten. Wait a second. Before we continue. Yeah. What movie did you think it was gonna be? Well, what did I think was going to happen? Yeah, did you think it was going to be Shark Tale? Or what DreamWorks movie did you think I was going to say? I was pretty sure it was going to be Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know that, like, that's how it's going to roll. <laughs> but I got, I had to save I had to save it for the actual you know, episode. I not only have bad taste, but I find a way to intellectualize it. <laughs> Yes, which makes it fun. <laughs> so, covered the first Play of the Monsters, the first in this trilogy, Play of the Monsters, in episode ten. So it's been a it's been a while. It's been what is that? At least like it's been a, like a few months at least. Yeah, we yeah, it has definitely been a while. And we uh spo- spoilers for that episode if you haven't watched it yet. It's a it's a pretty good one. Uh, we did not like it. We did we didn't no. think that Coben was was good at his job. Yeah. So, the first in the trilogy we were not fans of. It was like we thought it was just too much stuff. It was like so many elements and like 
it all the sci-fi stuff, but like it just I think the biggest my biggest problem with it is that it never gripped me. Like I, I talked about this in that episode. The film does not the first film does not do a good job of making you care in yep. the first like ten minutes. If we had liked the first film, we would have watched the second film a lot sooner. Yes. So that being said, my personal thoughts are this is a pretty good movie. This is pretty yeah. good. Like, it's not great. Like, if you wanna if you know, if you wanna watch the best Godzilla film we've seen so far, Biolante, it's Godzilla versus Biolante. That's the best one. But like especially in comparison to the first movie, I think this one does a lot more things right. It's again it's not like a great movie. Like it's like a like a six a five out of ten. Like it's around there. The elements that we enjoy, like there was a lot of the stuff we enjoyed, and not nearly as much that just made me like my eyes glaze over. Like there was actually some things where we became like, oh, that's an interesting thing they did with blank, or that could be interesting if they do this, and then it happened, and it was so exciting. Um. So I'd say this was a fairly good time, but I don't, we talked about this before, like, you can't really watch this one if you haven't seen the first, and I don't know if it's worth seeing, I don't think it's worth seeing the first to get to that point. All right. And now, my turn for my initial thoughts. Yeah. So I need you guys to just put aside all the shark posting I just did and take my (laughs) opinions on art seriously again. Yeah. Of the films we've covered on this podcast so far. Of the Godzilla films we've covered on this podcast so far. Yeah. Not counting Okja in there. Okja's really good. This is a top three Godzilla film. Really? Yes. Bialante, 98, City on the Edge of Battle. Whoa, okay. I really fucking loved this movie. And I was, and like... That was leaking out a bit in my enthusiasm while watching it, but I wanted to mostly keep that to myself and not spoil that revelation for Brandon Yeah. Uh, during the viewing uh, process. Uh, it's really fucking good. It... I also... I really hate the first one of this trilogy. Mm. And I hate... The fact that I have to ask you listeners to watch it. <laughs> but watch it, because this movie is so fucking good, and it doesn't make sense without the first movie. Uh, it's... Yeah, I really loved it. We'll go into okay. more uh, when we get to that part. Alright, so we got... So I'm thinking... So I liked it. That was a good time, but... You know, I don't put it in my top three or anything, and Nolan is like... Bada boom! Cinema, <laughs> Kino. There were a lot of caveats there. Like again, I there are Godzilla films that I've seen that we haven't covered that mm. I think are better than that are are better than this movie. Oh, do you and mean like enjoyability as a thing? Because you know, ninety eight is not an objectively very good movie, but we love it. So, uh, and I I don't believe in objective good. So enjoyability for me is the same as as quality all right spoiler for when we eventually do 2014's godzilla 
That, I think, is probably my favorite Godzilla movie, which is a basic American bitch thing to say. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're going to cover... When we cover that eventually, that is my favorite Godzilla movie, uh, at least of the ones I've seen so far uh, in life. Uh, and But yeah, I really loved City on the Edge of Battle, and I stand it really hard, and uh, it's got monsters in it. And they do things. One of those monsters is a living city. <laughs> what that city do? Yeah, what that city do? <laughs> so, uh, dear listeners, um, again, so we're going to go into, like, full spoilers of this film, obviously. Um, I don't know if we always mention that, but, like, our podcast is assuming that you have seen it. Or, like, you know, catching up you to don't speed. Care. Exactly, like, either way. But, um, so, yeah, we're going to go full spoilers here. Which is fair, because a lot of these movies aren't very good, so we're okay with you not caring about spoilers. (laughs) Yes. So, this movie has two two kaiju in it. There's a third one that's alluded to (laughs) that'll probably be in the third film. That'll definitely be in the third film. Well, there's a third and a fourth that are alluded to that'll probably be in the third film. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, the film, the monsters that actually show up in this movie are Godzilla and Mechagodzilla city so we'll start with godzilla himself godzilla in this movie is the biggest godzilla in any media he's been in yeah he's fucking massive he's like a mountain he is ginormous (laughs) he makes america's chonky boy look like a small boy exactly he is a big fucking dude. He's 300 meters tall. He's massive and 100,000 metric tons. So like this actually the second biggest Godzilla is in Shin Godzilla. Mm. So that'll be interesting. But um yeah. Yeah, so Godzilla this movie is massive and it's kind of interesting that due to his size, it's not even like traditional things are really going to do too much to him. <laughs> like you couldn't even like I bet this Godzilla wouldn't even like shrug at like a tank, a normal tank and stuff. Like he's so big that like you feel his presence whenever he's walking. Cause it's just do do and he has such a deep guttural kind of like, you know, roar that you really feel the scale of this thing. Yeah. And like his design is it he looks better than the first movie. I'll say that because in the first movie they kind of have this weird effect where I think a lot of CG anime stuff struggles with this is the textures of a monster where the characters like I will say that I don't think this film looks bad I think I think that's kind of you know as someone in the 3D industry stuff it's not a bad looking movie like I like some people say like oh this looks terrible it's awful like that's a pretty fine looking 3D film it's nothing like crazy. It's not like a you know, like a Pixar or anything. But yeah. it it gets the job done. And I think the styling on the characters work. But with the monsters, oftentimes they don't really use too much textures. They more just give them a flat color and shading. I guess to try to keep like with a similar looking style to the anime people, but it just doesn't work because like all the bumpiness shows and it doesn't look yeah. good. And it kind of looks like bleh. that's fair. So, I didn't really care, but that's fair. We are like, I, I'm not I'm saying not, he looks I'm, bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying just, like, I just do not discern taste with uh with animation that much. Like, 
I eat up Star Wars Rebels like it's slop <laughs> yeah. in a trough for me. And the animation yeah. on that is real <laughs> fucking bad. Yeah, so like, th- this is kind of the stuff I notice is like, there's plenty of good CG in this movie, but the, I think the Godzilla's textures suffer a bit, but he's still a good looking monster. He looks better than the first one, I'll say. Because he's, you know, bigger and more detailed and stuff. So, Godzilla's movie has traditional Godzilla stuff. He has a new attack. He has his usual, you know, laser heat attack. His la- it's like a heat laser thing they call it in the movie. Yeah. Where it's still a cool effect from the first movie where it doesn't shoot out of his mouth directly. It's like he creates like a big like circle disc and charges. And it shoots out of that. And the disc is like a foot away from his mouth. So it's kind of a cool effect. And the, the effects of this movie are, are pretty nice. Like for when Godzilla's shooting his lasers and explosions. He has a new power in this movie where when he's in like, you know, when he's contained and he's trying to get out, he can sort of convert his laser beam. Like instead of using his energy for that, he just kind of emits like all of this heat. It's a pretty cool scene because it's like things are like melting and like heating up and overheating. And that works mostly because he's in a giant metal city yeah so now we're getting to mechagodzilla mechagodzilla city mechagodzilla which city. i will say is a large reason why this film ranks so high okay. because in my that in the french uh <laughs> we'll, we'll explain, get into that we'll explain the french later but uh mechagodzilla city might be my favorite kaiju what yeah <laughs> It's the coolest fucking kaiju. <laughs> okay. It's so fucking cool. Alrighty, alrighty. So we're gonna make that gritty later. We're gonna talk oh about my, how right. we've had a Mechagodzilla in the films, but we haven't had a Mechagodzilla City, and we're gonna just right. talk about so, that later. Yeah, we will. So what is Mechagodzilla City though? So I'll get into that. So Mechagodzilla in this movie was so the aliens, I don't know their names. The ones that are more like war heavy brute guys. The Brazuno? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, what the Brazunes guys, right? So those dudes before Goku and a boob. <laughs> I swear there's more than two, right? Like I swear there's scenes where you you know, stuff happens with them, but there's all they're always around. Oh, there are a lot of them, but the two that are we focus on in this movie as part of the crew mm-hmm. are two of the higher ranking ones who are I had their names. I had it in my head. <laughs> They're, yeah, I don't remember them. Yeah, I know it, that... Gugagu is, like, one of them, and then Balagu is the other. Okay, but... So, anyways, those guys, right? Um, I think, it, as a side note, I think it's a bit of a weakness on the character design standpoint that they look similar enough to where, like, their hairstyle is similar, and, like, you know, like, they're designed for, like, their models similar enough to where sometimes I couldn't tell which one was doing things. But we'll get into that with the twins in a bit. But um, those characters, the, that alien race, because in the first movie brings up, two alien races come to Earth when Godzilla shows up. The Brizzaluno, or whatever, the B. The God Aliens B, which are the which are the uh, the big, tough, strong boys. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, the elven ones who are called the Ephraim. I think. Yeah. So anyways, those guys, um, they, before humanity fled Earth, because they came in a little before Godzilla showed up, and I was like, yo, gotta watch out, dudes. So 
they built Mechagodzilla in a facility using uh, what's called nano metal. Yeah, nano metal. Yeah, no, yeah, it's na- nano metal. So nano metal is like super powerful metal stuff, yeah. where it will it like it's it's pretty much nano metal is pretty much the blob from the blob. Yeah, it's and like it uh, seeks out to consume anything it can. Yeah, for energy and it grows yeah. bigger and stuff. So what happens when you're consumed, your mind becomes part of its hive mind. Yeah. So what happens is that in the movie they figure out that oh shit, like from what we'll get into a bit, they find that there's some nano metal around. Like oh, this must be where you know Mechagodzilla was being built twenty thousand years ago because that's how long it's been since they've been to Earth in the timeline. Yeah. So they check it out and. They find that instead of just Mechagodzilla being there, there's a massive, like, industrial, modernist-looking city. Yeah. Just made out of, completely made out of nanometal. And it's said that in the past 20,000 years, that Mechagodzilla was defeated by Godzilla and, like, all scattered in the in that pit, right? But he had so... This nanometal just started grabbing resources around him. Like, I think there's a scene where they, he sucks... It sucks up, like, the little dragon things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, the dragon... The the vulva uh, try and attack. <laughs> yeah, and this and this alloy stuff just reaches out, like, a little tendrils and pick, just sucks yeah. it dry. So, in the past 20,000 years, Mechagodzilla has morphed. His body mass has shifted and, like, grown into this massive, like, city military base thing. And they come in, they're like, oh, shit, like, you know, this is where we're going to fight Godzilla. Like, we're going to use Mechagodzilla City to lure Godzilla in and kill him with the weapons that they have. So Mechagodzilla City, it's it's pretty fucking sick. It is. Like, it brings up that there's some weird shit about, like, as I said, like, it absorbs people into making, like, part of its hive mind. Like, it seems like it's kind of like the Matrix, where it's like, they'll grab people and then suck them in and use their brains as, like, processing power. Yeah. Like, and it's kind of a hive mindy thing. Or it is a hive mind thing. But, like, Mechagodzilla City is really powerful. It has all these weapons and energy bolts. And, like, it has traditional guns, harpoons. Uh, it has control of, like, the uh, the nano metal to, like, upgrade their mechs to be, like, flying and stuff. All sorts of cool stuff like that. Um, but Mechagodzilla City is just fucking... It's the size of a city. It's a massive thing. But, like, um, yeah. It's a really cool creature. But, like, it has the people... When they first come, it, it you know generates control panels and stuff for them. It's something that Brandon had initially made fun of when he was like, why why this thing make control panels? Who's going to use those? But then it's explained that humans were in fact living inside a Mechagodzilla city at a point. And like we see they're they're dead encased in metal bodies scattered all over the place. Yeah, which makes me think like was it something where the group of like the, you know, the native people did they used to live there? And then they got, you know, they ran out of there once that shit started going down. Yeah. But then the third kaiju in this movie, that is... Well, the third and fourth that I alluded to. Oh, yeah, third and fourth. That we're going to definitely see in the third one, I guarantee it. Yeah. Is the fact that they have a reimagining of Mothra's tribe 
uh, from Isolation Island uh, in this in this movie. Uh, the last movie ended with our hero Haru. He you know he almost dies and he wakes up with like a wait. So you know let's probably don't want, let's go to the plot. I think yeah. Since we don't actually yeah. see them, there's not much like let's, what that monster dude yeah. can do for this. Like we'll have those little cool little reveals, especially the fourth one. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we are gonna go to commercial break, and yep. then and then after the amazing commercial that Brandon's gonna show uh, us uh, for Shark Tale. Uh, <laughs> after that, we're gonna see we're gonna talk about the plot of Godzilla: City on the Edge of Battle. Oh yeah! See you soon. From the studio that brought you Shrek in every family. This handing over the business is for you. You're acting like you don't even want it. There's one who's different. All I'm saying is the kid ain't exactly no killer. I want you to take Lenny out, show him the ropes. Oh, come on, Pop. Son, you're gonna learn how to be a shark. Hi. A little buddy is stuck there. I'm gonna get you out in a jiffy. Lenny? Oh, gee. Here's the thing. I'm a vegetarian. You're a good person. Oh, no. In every food chain. Nice of you to join us, Oscar. What's happening, baby? Looking good, ladies. Hey, uh, uh, uh. There's someone at the bottom. On top, there's Don Lino. There's me. There's regular fish. Then there's me. I'm getting there. There's whale poo. And then there's you. She's gonna blow! <laughs> now, to change their destiny... If you help me disappear, I'll help you become a star. These two have the perfect plan. Oh! October 1st. Does this mean you're now protector of the reef, the big kahuna? Kid, you're a superstar. We're gonna make a fortune. Just let me handle it. What a team, baby! High fin, low fin. <laughs> I want to know everything about him. Who is the shark slayer? Will Smith, Angelina Jolie, Renee Zellweger. What'd you expect? You just take credit for killing a shark and then everything be fine and dandy? What's up, What's up, Oh, what's up? Jack Black, Martin Scorsese. Hot. And Robert De Niro. You tell him my boys are gonna pay him a little visit. Sharks are coming to get me! You're blowing it, man! What's up? Ow! X circle, XX double left square, right trigger down, square square. Oh, hey! Square. Respect. Respect. Shark Tale. Oh, you're a liar. All right, a lie. But the sharks don't know that. And we're back. Whoa. See, with an all-star cast like that, how could you go against this movie? <laughs> I am presuming you chose one of the trailers in which it ends with just a list of the names being said uh, of every cast member of the movie. Yeah, that's probably around. <laughs> so, um, the plot of City on the Edge of Battle, though. Katie Couric has a cameo as Katie Current, her fish self. Okay, we're going into the plot because this is a movie I actually really loved, but... Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. All right, so... 
So yeah, that the plot of City on the Edge of Bell. Uh, last movie ends with Haru seemingly sacrificing himself to kill the small Godzilla before we find out there's a big Godzilla. Mm. Uh, but then in an after credit scene, which the after credit scenes are necessary in these movies. Yes, please stay after yeah. the credits. It's not like a Marvel teaser where it's like, okay, that you they'll catch you back up on the context of this after the fact. You need it because it like jumps right into, oh yeah, he's in the hut of a. I don't want to say a native girl because that feels yicky, but how well, he, he's recovering. An indigenous in her... human who yeah. sti- human. There were groups of humans who stayed on Earth. Uh, who, I mean, a lot of humans weren't able to get off Earth, but we found out that there were ones that survived over the 20,000 years. Hmm. And we find out over the course, this is supposed to be this movie's reimagining of Mothra's tribe, and the girl who found him is one of the twins. I fucking called it, too. Because, <laughs> like, when you first see the girl, it's like, it kind of looks like a bit like like wings on her on her uh, character designs bangs in the front and then I took a look at like those look like like Mothra antennas <laughs> and I'm like shit so, yeah so they're the twins yeah great bit of character design right there yeah cuz the cuz I disagree and this film has great character design <laughs> I feel like I am a little disappointed that both of the twins look exactly the same not exactly. One of them has a perpetual pissed off face and one of them has a perpetual... It's the same rig. <laughs> they use the same rig. Like, it's the same model and stuff. I just... I feel like if you would have made her... In the, apparently in the concept art stage they look different and I would have preferred that to, you know, flesh out their personalities a bit more between those things. Brandon knows what he's talking about because rigging <laughs> is his background in animation. Yep, so I think they... It's very obvious they were the same model in the film. And I would have liked to see a little more differentiation or differences. But um, what we have is still good, though. I think it's fun they reimagine them as, like, you know, fighter warrior gals. Yeah. But, yeah, they and they do psychic shit. We should probably talk about the conditions under which we watch this movie. Yes, so... Which no does the- make it sound <laughs> as if I'm teeing up for, like, we were really high or something when we watched it. But that was not the case. We always watch Sober. Uh, stay in school, kids. Uh, but yes, we do. Uh, but so as a shit post, I just suggested. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we just because we were going in this not really caring about this movie? Yeah, we thought we weren't gonna like it as well. Same so with the first. We were just like, and I think if we hadn't shit posted, we wouldn't have. Yeah, this is so. This is excellent. So as a shit post, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if? We kept the English subtitles, but we used the French dub instead. <laughs> yes. It's not very funny just saying it out like that. But in the moment, it was just, we were shit posting as he was, as Brandon was trying to figure out, uh, send the movie up. Yeah. And then, so he playing along, turned the French version on and we watched the first scene in French. And it's good. The French dub is really good. Like that would that that I think <laughs> is the determining factor here because the French voice actors are bringing a lot to the table 
uh, with their um, the emotion of their delivery that the Japanese voice actors were not. Yeah, like I think the Jap the Japanese duh, the Japanese version is a lot more monotone with the characters, except when they except for like uh, once every five minutes a character yells. Yeah, but and you then, know there isn't yeah. too much on the range department, but like yeah. the French version. They're, they put their whole yeah. dick into this. <laughs> <laughs> like, they are trying really hard. Like, But it works for this kind of thing. That is actually, I'm going to make this recommendation. If you do watch this trilogy, even though we don't like the first movie. Watch, watch it in the French. French. Yeah, watch the French dub. <laughs> put, put the English subtitles on, but watch the French dub. Because it's really good. It, yeah, it's unironically, I think, the definitive way to watch this <laughs> movie. <laughs> like, the Godzilla anime trilogy is in French. I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're it's not. Better. It's just a funny thing to say, but it's true. Because <laughs> we we ran through the different languages, and like Spanish kind of has the same problem. It's a little more monotone and stuff. And like, same with like, I don't want to listen to the English one because I like subtitle stuff. And it's like. This was the definitive one. Yeah. So yeah, watch it in French. Yeah, the French version is the best one on Netflix, which is where we watch this. Of course, you can change it to, you can keep your English subtitles, but you can change the audio to French. Do it. It's a better movie. <laughs> watch instead of Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle, Godzilla Paris <laughs> in Battle. <laughs> Yes. So that is the context I watched this movie, and I would say it's objectively better. Like, it's, it's better. so good. Yeah. So let's get into the plot, though. So that's how we watched it. So, you know, the, the uh, what's this? Haru is his name? Haru, yeah. Yeah, Haru wakes up in the girl's tent, and she realizes he's waking up, and she, you know, she runs away in, like, this mist-filled... Uh, like kind of mysterious environment and I'm already more invested in the first movie. Yeah, and he's chasing after her. We cut to the, the rest of the crew who doesn't know Haru's alive right now and they're wandering about. Amiara is the nice one. Amira is the mean one. I'm glad you remember the names. I never yeah. remember the names. They encounter the mean one who like attacks them and then they run into Haru and they figure out and they're all taken captive by the uh by the tribe and brought to their underground uh city they've mm. got. Which is not the city that will be on the edge of battle. It's a separate city. I, I had assumed it might have been, but it was not. There was another city. The city is parked well away from the edge. Yes. It's safely it's behind the guard battle. rail <laughs> yeah it is safely away from the edge of battle yeah. but um in fact it's just in a valley it's not even near an edge of any sort yeah so they communicate with uh with the twins telepathically and there's this line about like the twins can like even with the angle you know like, communicate with them in the alien language because like you know brain stuff but um and they they have the and obviously the fact that it's psychic twins in a group of uh, native uh, people, uh, obviously that's already sending 
alarm bells up that this is oh, yeah. a, this is a Mothra thing. The second I saw those two twins together, I'm like Mothra, Mothra, yeah. immediate. And th- but then they also talk about how they're protecting the egg of their god, and then it's like okay, there's they're not using the word Mothra yet, but there's literally no way it could be anything else. If it's fucking Rodan, <laughs> Radont. <laughs> Radont you do that. Yeah. If it's Angiris, I'll live with it. But <laughs> Yeah, so they go, hey, we got, you know, this egg and you, you know, you were bringing fire from the sky and stuff because, you know, they haven't seen technology in a long time like that. Yeah. Oh, there's also a really fucking dope uh, title sequence for this. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the text. Yeah, so just, it's like a weird, like, Matrix sort of thing. You know, like the title screen of the Matrix where the code, the lines of code are falling down and it slowly, tri- and you go past the words the Matrix and it slowly transitions into rain. Mm. Uh, it's a lot like that, kind of, feel to- in the same, like, tonal field park where, like, it's this weird, like... Like the IMAX sound check screen. <laughs> yeah. Because of like a bunch of little balls are just forming and like pouring. And then it, we change the axis we're looking at it from. And we see that this weird formation forming is the word Godzilla. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's not plot relevant. So yeah, they're like, you invaders. We're getting into some real colonialist themes in this trilogy uh we'll know you're not evil if you help us defeat godzilla who's been a scourge to our people and our god yep uh and so the mention that the killed them last time on board with godzilla and then the aliens in the group gugagu and ubagu uh which are like close to their actual fiction names but like Sounds racist, but it's not because it's only Asian people in this uh, in this movie and aliens. Yep, but it sounds sketchy for a name. Yeah, <laughs> G and B. Uh, that's what I'll refer to them as. All right, G and B. Uh, they noticed the uh, the weaponry that the the tribe has, and noticed the nanotech. And that when they figure out about Mechagodzilla City and lead everyone there, it gets into, like, some Prometheus vibes. And, like, mm-hmm. I love Prometheus. Yeah. It's another hot take, right? <laughs> That's just a casual hot take. <laughs> a little sprinkle. Yeah. A hot murmur, if you would. <laughs> yeah. So that's the basics. So then they get to... Yeah, we're about 50% of the way through the movie now. Yep, so they get to Mechagodzilla City, and that's about when the second act starts, is once they get there. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's a little before that, but it doesn't... Yeah, like, it doesn't matter that much you know. for our Wikipedia plot synopsis we give here. <laughs> but like, the second... That makes it sound like we read off Wikipedia. We don't, it's from memory, but like... <laughs> We are essentially giving you an in-depth Wikipedia article. <laughs> but it's fun because we interject. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, the... Yeah, so mo- let's say about, you know, around the second act onwards, you were, we are in God- Mechagodzilla City as the main setting. Yeah. Like, we're in the tribal place. We walk for a bit. 
Uh, they, you know, yeah, they once bring up we a get beacon. there, we don't leave the location. Yeah, we, you know, they call the mothership a couple times. It's not interesting. Yeah, they're just like, yo, it's sure, short, guys. Though, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I don't really care about the mothership stuff. I kind of preferred if they were just stranded, to be honest. But you know, they call it the mothership, and they're like, yo, we found a plan to kill Godzilla, and they were like, cool beans, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. That's all that happens really there. Then some. Hu- so, oh, first what happens is, like, the member of their group that's, like, one of the Ephraim, uh, he, like, he's talking to Haru, and Haru asks, like, if he was run out of his planet mm. by any creature, by anything, and he says, yes, but it's too unspeakable to say, and he leans in and whispers something, but we don't hear it yet, no, but it does not. look like he's going in for a kiss. It does. But he doesn't. It's just a, a lost in translation whisper. Yeah. Uh, oh, then there's also a romance subplot that's going on between a woman with a really big head. It's a little weird how big her head is in this movie. I mean, from a design standpoint, we talked about while watching why they made the head that big. Yeah. It's because they wanted to give her some anime boobs. But also didn't want to make those anime boobs seem weirdly out of place. So she's just got a giant fucking head to make them look proportionate. Brilliant. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a real galaxy brain move, right? <laughs> it's a real Chad level decision. Yeah, but so Haru and her uh, are in a romance subplot. Her name's Yuko uh, and... They kiss, their feelings confirm for each other, and the twins see that. And the nice twin, who it had been, like, implicit that she was, like, crushing on him a bit, mm. sees it and she's not happy. And then we don't see the twins for the rest of the movie. So something mm. in the third movie is going to happen there. <laughs> but Yeah, I think, well, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this but, love uh, triangle just became a love segment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So as uh, you know, right, yes. Mothra's coming in the third movie. She has to. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So yeah, uh, that's. But yeah, then uh, some humans, uh, just walking around exploring, see, a member of GNB's race, but not G or B. Just walk into a closet and let himself be taken over by the nanometal yeah. and absorbed into Mechagodzilla City. Yeah, like to become one with it. And it's like a big yeah, like and, closet looking thing and then it closes. Yeah, and like at first they like the people witness that run into the control room where G, B, Haru, and Yuko are all at. And they're like, yo, Mechagodzilla City is eating them. And G and B are like, they went in willingly. That that was always the plan. We see nothing. Culturally, we see this as a great honor to be absorbed into a machine, into a creature of nothing but logic. And mm. it'll help tactically to kill Godzilla when he approaches. Because we're in the city and we're on the edge of battle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then... It's, like, really creepy. Uh, in the French dub, it's really creepy. It, it, we, we did for this scene, to just to check it out for a line or two, switch back to the Japanese dub, 
and it was not creepy. It was it was very monotone instead. Yeah, but yeah, but the yeah. French was like 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 you know like yeah like we're doing this. This is great, and then we switched to Japanese for a line, and it's it's like. The Japanese version was like reading a textbook. The French version, it was like we were the theater kids are reading a textbook. (laughs) (laughs) We were hearing it was like it was more like a a very cult like feeling, like Jim Jones telling you why you should drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, and so they say that, and like. So, Haru is arguing with them about it. Yuko takes GMB's side, but then their argument is interrupted because Godzilla's approaching, and they're like, we gotta go into action. We'll talk about this later. Their plan to catch Godzilla is they blow up the ground he's walking on, so he falls into a pit in the city, fill it with nanometal so he's stuck, then just keep firing the, these like lightning guns they have into the metal... So it just fucking shocks him to death. Yeah, so it, it destroys his shield so they can blow him up. Yeah. With, and, like, rocket things. And they execute this, and it's <coughs> going well mm. until, like, at one point, it just stops having an effect on Godzilla, and he starts dispersing heat yeah. through oh. the entire city. Like, starting to melt its structures. Like, the beams are, like, starting to glow red hot and starting to sag. <laughs> and Haru, uh, Yuko, and B of the GNB group hmm. are up in mechs. They're the ones firing the lightning down, and so they're safe. But everyone else, well, uh, the Elvin Afrim guy is off in a cave. He went to the cave after, uh... After his conversation with uh with Haru, yeah. Uh, but he so, but ev- but besides those characters, everyone else is in this melting city, just fucking dying. Like it's melting and burning, and like yeah. they're saying like you know this is because you know like they're like this is our time. Like Godzilla's at his weakest. Like we gotta you yeah, know and we gotta finish him off. And G at this point is like, let the city take me, hmm. and he gets taken. And then he helps the city start tra- starting to take over the entire earth, Inclu- including yeah. it, be- it gets into B's ship, and B's happy about that. It gets it, it starts getting into Haru and Yuko's ship, mm-hmm. and it gets a lot more on Yuko. But Haru is somehow we don't know yet, and hopefully this will be explained in the next movie. But it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can take a little bit of suspension disbelief. It's able to ward it off. Uh, yeah. And, like, and but Yuko's the... falling to her death into the pit below. He and catches time, her, and he's holding on to her. And, and this then... whole time, H is like, we should kill Godzilla, and we should become the new Godzilla. Like, we should take over everything. Yeah, that's what G is saying the whole time. And, and then, like, H gets absorbed, too, into it. And him and G oh, are, B, like, are B. saying... B and B, H? Yeah, B, B and G, G and B. G and B. Yeah. G, G, B is in the plane. G is in the control room. Yeah, so, so B and G are both like, as as you said, as he's trying to save her and stuff, they're all like, what are you doing? Like, this is meaningless. Like, yeah, you yeah. need to join us to defeat Godzilla. Isn't that what yeah. you wanted? Isn't that all you wanted to do? And at this point, Yafrim comes in on the, on the, on the radio as well. 
and he's being yelled at at both hands because he wants to. They're both yelling at him at their different perspectives of stop the Mecha Godzilla city from growing and kill Godzilla now, and both uh, both are of these conflicting orders are like being thrown at him while he's just trying to hold on to Yuko. It's a and it's a great scene. It is, and he ultimately decides to. Just, just fucking blow up the control room, killing G, and destroying Mechagodzilla City. And yeah, like he his mechs like hovers over it. Yeah, and, and like, just and B is about to like save G, but like right before he's able to fire on Haru, the control room Mechagodzilla is killed, and like he just his whole body goes stiff, and he just plummets into the explosion, yeah. and then because he just. Like once the con- once the control panel's dead, he's dead too because he's attached yeah. to it. And that, but something happened in the process of almost being killed, and now Godzilla seems like stronger than ever as he emerges from the explosion, glowing red hot all yeah, over. Yeah, the world just exploding around him, and Haru. Uh, Haru is it lands on a cliff with Yuko. As you see in the distance, Godzilla using his heat beam. To just destroy the rest of Mechagodzilla City. Yeah. Just raising it to the ground. Haru pulls Yuko out of the machine, but it's too late. She Too much of her had been enveloped, so she dies. Mm. And he lets out a blood-curdling scream as she, as we, as she cries a tear that kind of looks like it's the metal stuff. Yeah, and then we cut to black with his screams playing over the credits for a bit before it transitions into music. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie proper. We then get an end credit scene in which Haru, yeah, yeah, we flash back to that conversation Haru had with the Ephraim. And we hear what the Ephraim whispered as he said, it's too unspeakable to name. Boom. Boom. Cut. And we fucking cheered. Yes. Give me Ghidorah. Yeah, it was so ah, it was so good. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Is this the kind of shit? Is this the end? Because Singular Point had a really good cliffhanger too. Is this like sing is this like Singular Point now, but kind of good? I think it is. <laughs> We loved the first half of Singular Point and hate the second half. I hope it's we not loved, the first year. We love. We hated. We hated the first half of the first movie of the trilogy and loved the second. Yeah, we, you know you more than me, but I still liked it. Yeah. We are. We stand. <laughs> the Rewa era Godzilla Netflix anime trilogy. Two onwards, maybe. We'll see how three turns out. But, like, that was a I mean, I, I like Onward, but why are you bringing up a Pixar movie here? <laughs> I think what really makes this movie work is that climax. I mean, half the movie is the climax. Yeah, so yeah. But like, the build-up to it, and I love the thing where they were like, listen, like, you know, in or it was, they didn't say it exactly, but, you know, it's like, oh, in order to fight monsters, you must become monsters. A line that... Uh, I will say, while we're riffing a bit, the line, the line was really stupid. Where it's like, a human cannot defeat a monster. That's why it's called a monster. 
that probably sounds better in the original translation. There's probably some sort of word play at play that doesn't translate over. But from my perspective with the English translation, that's like saying a human can't defeat an apple. That's why it's called an apple. (laughs) Yeah, It's nonsense. (laughs) It's just a different word because it's a different thing that does not imply power levels. (laughs) Wait until you hear way down the line. Never mind. Um, Ooh. Never mind. Um, oh, there's going to be a dumb attack on Titan line. I know it. That's the only thing you could say, wait till you hear way down the line about. I offer nothing else. It's attack but, on Titan. Woo. Yeah, so anyways. Um, so the finale does the... <laughs> the finale for me is, is like the strongest part because it's like, you know, to fight monsters, you must become monsters and stuff. And then the Paragus is like, Fuck that shit. <laughs> like, I think it was kind of a dark... How would you describe it? Is is this is this possibly like the Empire Strikes Back of the Godzilla anime trilogy? It is. We're like... Except... It, I, no, I've had too many hot takes. Yeah, like, you know... I it's, can't, I can't this hot is take not, more. You know, this is... I don't... Definitely not the caliber of that kind of movie. But, like, in terms no, of the no, trilogy... No, my hot take was gonna be the... Except that... In this case, it's better than the first film instead of the worst of the trilogy. <laughs> well, I don't just, like Empire Strikes let's just, Back. That's just wrong, and we're gonna move on. But <laughs> I, so I, got, I have that's reasons. That's just wrong, and we're gonna move on. Nolan, you've dropped you've dropped the the ten minute <laughs> Shark Tale <laughs> hot take. You're not dropping another one on this podcast. I forbid it. Okay, so, so what you're saying is that I get ten minutes to justify a take that. Shark Tale is good, actually, but I don't have but thirty <laughs> seconds to say that yeah, actually yeah, Empire no, no, is the that, worst uh, of the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you don't get that. We're already gonna get one comment being like, "Yo, I don't know this Nolan, Nolan guy knows what he's talking about with Shark Tale." I don't want another one being like pinned to the cross because you know, proportionately. <laughs> To fish, whales, or kaiju, and the film revolves around a oh. whale-based business. You're not so doing it. Shark You're not doing this. Is a kaiju film. You're not doing this. <laughs> so, I was trying to bring up a a serious point about the conclusion of this movie, where like they say fuck it, and then I said it's like a morbid moment where, like. What up until this point is like humanity's best chance of defeating Godzilla just goes up in smoke. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it, it the, the thing though is that if Mecha Godzilla had won, we'd be dealing with a whole separate problem. Yeah. So it's like shit. Um so that's crazy. I genuinely don't really I know Ghidorah's gonna be in the third movie. Yeah. Which is sick. That's awesome. Um I, my theory is that those elf alien people, the one who, you know, the race of the, the guy who whispers to him that's Ghidorah, they have, like, a religious thing to them. Yeah. They have, like, a religious theme, like God and stuff. It's, but they seem to also not be fans of Ghidorah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I had this theory that trying to reveal what the alien race's ulterior motives are, like, with, you know, with the... the the B and G guys, that yeah. race, is, you know, show that 
you know, all, all along we were pretty much just trying to get this thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I wonder if the third movie, it's going to be revealed that this guy is like part of a Ghidorah cult or something, huh. which would be sick. Would I would love cool. that. But like um, something relating to what they see as God and how Ghidorah relates to that could be really interesting. That would be very interesting. Yeah. So like, this is not the stuff we talked about in the first movie. No. <laughs> like We, we weren't <laughs> talking about deep things themes of the movie. <laughs> no. And conjecture about where this could all be going. But like in the third movie, I know Ghidorah's gonna show up and we know Mothra's gonna show up. Yeah. I don't... I feel like it's too late in the trilogy to to have a pivot of Godzilla being like a, a anti-hero. Yeah. It's... He, he's squarely a villain for this, I think. Which I appreciate. It's like, you know, yeah. that's good. I like to see that. Give, yeah. me, give me bad boy Godzilla once in a while. Yeah, he's but, um, the hot little bad boy that we all need. <laughs> yes. So, uh... You thought you could get a whole episode without me horny posting about a kaiju. You were wrong, motherfuckers. No! I'll never stop. I'm not leaving! <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have to drag me away! <laughs> well, I'm gonna drag you away from, uh, talking about the plot of this movie and stuff, and... Into uh, making it gritty? Let's do make it gritty, because I think, uh... We've spent enough time talking about the surprising enjoyability of this film. Because I feel like that's the thing, too, is, like, our expectations were so rock bottom. And, you know, but this is a pretty good time. So how are we going to make Mechagodzilla City gritty? I I mean, I've got mine ready if you... Alrighty. Alright, you can go. We open in the ruins. The smoldering ruins. Hmm. Of what used to be Boston. (laughs) After King of the Monsters? Yeah, after King of the Monsters, in which the city we live in just fucking melts, killing everyone in it. There's my apartment. (laughs) There it is, I can spot it from here. But anyways, yeah. In this ruined wasteland, it's like, have you ever seen, you haven't seen Lost. But uh, at least someone in our fan base had to have seen Lost. All, all right. 12 of you. I bet <laughs> one of you seen Lost. All this. right, all right. Uh, it's the opening, the se- season two opening of Lost is like iconic because it's just a complete non sequitur uh, from where the cliffhanger was last time and then it leads into it unsurpri- surprisingly. Okay. Where it's just like, it's this montage of this guy going through his day, his morning routine, listening to like a '70s pop song in the montage, and so I'm imagining that like Peter Stormare hasn't been in a lot of these, and I like Peter Stormare, great character actor. Right. He's just like, like we see him cooking some eggs in this weird chrome house. Yeah, and let's say it's "Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By" is playing. Mm. Don't let the good life pass you by. He's flipping a pancake. And then he goes out to... Then we hear a... Then we hear just a fucking unearthly mechanical screeching sound. Like pieces moving. And he looks out. This is nothing out of the ordinary. He looks out. And a new skyscraper has appeared. And, like, we're surprised because he's not reacting. And then the camera pans around to show 
an entire city of these chrome skyscrapers. Mm. And then we see, then it like pans out and out to Mechagodzilla City, a new neighborhood by Nexus. And that's the opening to my Mechagodzilla (laughs) movie in the Legendary Universe. Mechagodzilla City, baby! In which Milford Roberta Brown... And Godzilla <laughs> finds a decent studio apartment <laughs> within Godzilla City. <laughs> <laughs> and Godzilla has to, you know, because Me- Godzilla just really fucking hated Boston. He's like, fucking patriots, fucking cheetahs. <laughs> uh, the, just Belichick with the fucking lip reading and the stealing <laughs> other playbooks. Oh my god, this Gonna destroy Boston all over again. Boston 2.0. I don't know why he's got a Boston accent <laughs> if he's so anti-Boston. But my Godzilla has a Boston accent. The greatest story is, of the, is the heart within conflict of itself. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Does, does Mecha- there is a Chrome Wahlburgers okay, in Mechagodzilla good. City. Does Mechagodzilla City solve the housing crisis? Yes, and that's why Godzilla hates it. Because <laughs> Godzilla's an anarcho-cap. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so that's fun. That's a fun thing. Um, my take is, a, I guess mine would be like maybe a scene with a part within that or something. But um, my thought was that Mechagodzilla City is a similar thing to what you're talking about. It's like, you know, city of the future. Check this out and stuff. A lot of people live there. A lot of people visit it. And then like you reveal that towards the end of like the first act. And, you know, let's say this is a traditional... Godzilla's fighting something, right? <laughs> Godzilla's fighting something. And m- new Mega City comes out, you know, all shining chrome and stuff, like you said. Yeah. But it's revealed, like, within the, like, the sewer, like, underground the city, Mecha Godzilla's head is plugged into everything. Ooh, that is fun. Yeah, and then, like, th- that's what happens in this movie. Yeah, is that they, is pretty much what they happens. They turn the head on. But, um, yeah. Mecha Godzilla's head is plugged in, and... In the third, and you know about this, and it's alluded to, and it's like a little, you know, maybe the B story takes place about them trying to uncover this. Yeah. And then in the final, in the third act, Godzilla's fighting, let's say, Megalon in the city, right? It's a traditional kaiju fight. They're doing their thing. Punch, punch, punch. And then Godzilla, he has, you know, he's behind two, he's just in front of two skyscrapers, right? (laughs) And... This is like right when the Millie Roberta Brown and her gang discovers the Mechagodzilla head again from like as the protagonist's perspective and go, shit, we got people know about this. And then the eyes flash red. Godzilla is leaning his fist back to punch Megalon and suddenly the building becomes liquid and his arm gets stuck in it. And his arm gets stuck. He's like, and the other arm gets stuck. Uh, yeah. I'm leaving for the a minute, folks. I got uh, <laughs> take care of some stuff. Brand's gonna wrap up. Uh, great pitch. Yeah. So he's fight. He's punching back, and the mech in the skyscraper turns into like a liquid metal and hardens and traps him and traps the other arm. And the final thing, Godzilla has to fight Megalon and the city itself. And then at the end, Godzilla buries deep into the underground of the city and rips Mechagodzilla's head out and tears it in half and just obliterates the remains. And that is Godzilla. This would be in the Godzilla versus Megalon movie. 
It's a little 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 secret third kaiju. So um, that's the third thing. And uh, overall, so yeah, pretty fun movie. A little, bit of a honestly big surprise. We were putting it off for a while because we thought it was going to be terrible, but it was pretty good. So at least from my perspective. But um, so anyways, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. We are going to. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social stuff, uh, we really only use Twitter for stuff because that's the easiest one because um, we like to focus more on, you know, editing these episodes and getting that nice weekly format that all of you really appreciate. Thank you. And um, so our socials are, you can follow us on Twitter at K, K yeah, Podzilla K-O-T-C. So Podzilla King of the Casters, all cap, you know, K-O-T-C, all caps. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, anywhere that you can get your podcasts are probably on there automatically. That's the cool thing about how that stuff works. And um, you can follow us on Twitter for updates and announcements. And, you know, sometimes we tease things that are coming out. So that's pretty fun. And our next episode is we're going back into Attack on Titan. So we're covering the next episodes of the series. So those episodes are going to be episodes 9 through 14, 9 through 16. So for our next week, we're going to be covering Attack on Titan Season 1, episodes 9 through 16. So that includes episode 16. So watch to episode 17 for next week if you want to rewatch the show with us. It's been a lot of fun so far. And um, that's about it. So... Get forward to some more Attack on Titan next week. And after that, another movie, a more traditional kaiju movie. You'll see that. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.